RPG for You and Me presents Neon Heat, a duet actual play podcast using the Savage World system in our custom science fantasy setting. Thank you for listening, and welcome back to Caldonics. Previously on Neon Heat, Athena returns to the Spire for the first time in a long time and briefly picks Rebexi's brain about how best to handle the alloy now that she knows it all is on a cooldown timer until he has to return with his unaltered knowledge. Rebexi offers opinions and advice, and Athena is off to visit with Silas briefly before heading out to the surface. He looks well, and Athena is surprised at how willing he is to be more a part of the team after his stint in the tunnels. But trust goes both ways. I came home. I couldn't risk you guys getting caught up in what what's happening. I am. Um, I wasn't kidnapped. I I was on my own up there for a long time, undercover. It, it wasn't with Joel. It it wasn't. I know a lot of people still think I ran off with him. I didn't. This was really the soonest I could come home. And I missed you guys so much, and... It's okay if you... Don't... Don't... I just... It was classified, and it happened, and now it's done. But... I made a very, very big misstep, and the restaurant burning down... That was, that was my fault. It, it got torched. Because <sighs> I meddled. I meddled in some stuff that, that I shouldn't have been and I got caught. And the Grandmother and grandfather didn't leave. They were taken. Because of what I did. And the restaurant burned down. Because of what I did. I can't let the, this happen. I can't let anything bad happen to you too. Not after all, everything I put you through for the past seven fucking years. I missed you guys so much, and I, I thought about you every day, and I couldn't send anything to you. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I've been trying so hard to make up for it since I came back. I guess I can't help but think that you guys wouldn't be in this position if I would have been here. Could have protected you. 
I gotta get you guys somewhere safe. Not here. Athena's voice fades into the back of her own mind as she forces herself to think about something other than their crushed faces, hurt, concerned, and she wishes they would have been angrier because maybe it would have made her feel a little better. The camera opens on Athena, her eyes flicking open, arms crossed, cheek pressed into the window of an SUV barreling down a long stretch of abandoned highway. It is bright, and the sun is high in the sky. The surface scenery of the belt flies by the vehicle. The camera flies parallel to the ground, following the SUV as it makes its way towards a distant cityscape. The midday sun blazes in the sky, and the rings of the planet remain hazily visible in the light. The camera sweeps down, zooming in on the passenger window where we find Athena. Driving the large vehicle next to her is Gene Lepaco, his hands responsibly at 10 and 2 on the steering wheel. Are his back legs folded over the back seat? Comfy? Draped lazily over the back, yes. The sun is beaten down on the SUV as it trundles on down the broken, slightly dilapidated highway. They opted for one not quite as in use to stay a bit more off the grid, and she knows where she's going well enough to give Jean directions. She's done this trip a couple of times. Athena's resting her cheek on the glass of the window, and it's warm. Sunshine is not something she could really quantify before she made it to the surface, and there is just nothing like it. Sure, you stay in it too long, you're gonna get burned, but she never had a reason to miss it before, because she never knew how nice it felt. Warms her right down to her bones. A dry warm, not like the always slightly sticky and stuffy warm of Caldonics. This car's probably been cleaned in the past couple of weeks, but there's already some dust just drifting around as the AC pumps in. She turned the radio to one of her favorite stations that she hasn't been able to hear for a while. The daytime DJ switching the tracks announces that it's going to be a hot one today, so stay in if you can. Between the AC blowing on her arm by the vent and her cheek from the sun-warmed window, it's lulling her into a little bit of a sleepy state because it's been an emotionally charged and exhausting couple of days. <laughs> but she can't go to sleep yet. A song with heavy synth and piano comes in. She feels like she remembers what this one was called. It doesn't quite come to the tip of her tongue, but she thinks she might have had this on a CD in her apartment somewhere. She's definitely heard it before. She makes a little, hmm. She's trying to think and remember and takes a sip of a fresh can of Jolt that she's cracked open, much to Jean's chagrin, because they just smell terrible. <laughs> They just smell like acid. Athena pulls the musty curtain that locks off the back of the vehicle to take a peek and make sure everything is still in place. And it does seem to be just a crate. But she can't hear anything from inside, so I would assume her parents are still fast asleep. How are our uh, guests doing back there? Not a peep. It's a good thing, right? Yeah. I think uh, what you're doing is very 
responsible. Really? Hell, I mean, they burned down your parents' restaurant. It was clearly a threat. You don't know how long this can be going on. You don't know what else they know, how they could get to you. Very easily could have been somebody in there. So but they did they probably didn't even know. They probably just torched the place. Maybe. I don't know. Could be warning to back off, but getting them out of there is probably a pretty smart bet. It's just a matter of making sure they stay safe and you can't be everywhere at once, so I'm slowly figuring that out. Do Gene and Athena both have sick aviator shades on? Yes. <laughs> or absolutely. does he have like the the sports wrap ones strapping back like dads Dad, do? Dad style, <laughs> yeah. yes. He has normal glasses, but on the edge of those is one of those special you put it into the felt and then the felt hangs around your neck. My dad used to wear those all the time. <laughs> the, the most dad glasses things. They like just attach to like the very ends. Yeah, you just mean? the yeah, tip yeah, of yeah. your. So they work with normal sunglasses. It's just like a sunglasses cozy that nice. slips over the edge and makes them not fall off of you if they fall off. <laughs> Smart. They look really dumb, especially if you're wearing a baseball cap with them, which is the classic hat. classic dad style. It could be a bucket hat. He's got just like a little bit of suntan lotion on his nose. It wouldn't be unwise to find some sun lotion. Given that they live underground. Yep. Yeah. So, um, how'd they take all this? I mean, you, how'd that go? We catch the tail end of a string of confessions that might not all be lies to her parents. As Athena starts to tell Jean about the conversation they had earlier, the scene drifts back to a cramped living room half a day prior. And you guys aren't, you're, you're not going to be safe here. It's, I got you, you got to leave for a little while. We can't trust witness protection down here because we don't know who's, who's in regulation getting information. The three of them are sitting in a cluttered living room in a row house, Clint and Val in a love seat together. Athena in a very comfortable leather armchair that's probably older than her parents. <laughs> the air smells like curried spices today. Athena knows Clint's been trying out some new recipes and different spice blends, and this is gonna be a good one. The shelves around the room are cluttered with family pictures. Pavi, Rui, and Marv. More of one set of grandparents than the other. Lots of little snail knickknacks, cause what do you get the snail man? <laughs> if not little barisks to litter all over the home. And Athena's posture is just huddled in on itself. She's folded in. She's gripping her mug. It's not hot anymore. They've been talking for a while. She hasn't even touched it. One cream, two sugars. Her mom doesn't know that's not how she takes it anymore. She never really had a reason to keep creamers around if she didn't know how long she was going to be in the area up top something bracing about the bitter looking at the floor more than anything so we pan over to a small love seat a two-seater with clint and val sitting next to one another they're both holding their own mugs clint has been taking proactive sips regularly he leaves the mug at his mouth for longer than necessary as he stares off into the far distance his mustache drips the small brown beads of liquid as he listens. Val has a more concerned expression on her face, forehead rumpled and pensive, but she's holding her beverage in her lap. Um, th thank you for telling us now. Um, I'm 
still just relieved that you're okay and that we're all okay. I they came after the restaurant, so I we, we don't have much left here anymore, aside from you and uh, but uh, I didn't want to have to lie about it. Understand, dear. We just, we just want you to be safe. I want you to be safe. Her knuckles tighten a little bit around the mug. It's your life and your choices, dear, and I know that you help a lot of people and you do dangerous things. I just, you seem so unhappy, and I just. All I ever wanted for you was to be happy. I wish Jolshin never would have come into our home. I'm glad he did. Because a lot of people would would be dead if he didn't. Probably some people would be alive, too. So. Her bottom lip quivers just a little bit, but she nods. I know it's selfish. I know that. And it doesn't matter now. What what do you need us to do? Uh, I spent a lot of time on the surface, and I know I know some people, and I know one one person who's going to keep you safe. But I can't tell you more till we get there. We're going to be safer on the surface than we are down here. They know everything about us, Dad. I can't, there's nowhere down here for me to hide you guys away. Well, if, uh, if my father and mother are gone too, then I, I don't want to be a liability for you. You are not a liability. Kind of sounded like you're saying we are, which is why we have to leave. But I, I get that, I'm not, I understand. It's just hard to know that uh, we're the complication. <laughs> Things were going so well for that minute. We, we've never been to the surface, Athena. I hadn't either. It's not so bad. It's just people. They exchange a look, and you can tell they're both very uncomfortable. I'm gonna eat some sunblock, though. So you guys don't get sunburnt like me. Oh, of course the environment wants to hurt us. That, yep, that makes sense. But you won't need to take those vitamin D supplements anymore, so. That's a, that's a net, net win, right? And she says, and she's got really glassy eyes. She's trying to spin this positively however she can. That's a good way of thinking of it, dear. You're right. No, it's a shitty, it's a shitty thing to Don't do. spit that. <laughs> Do you, do you know how long we'll need to stay up there? As of right now, I don't. Are, are Marvin Rui going to be okay? I think so. But I'm going to keep a very close eye. She nods at that. Well, um, when do we leave? In about two hours. Oh, well, I guess, I guess we need to pack. Keep keep it to a, a minimum because not a lot's gonna fit. Nothing too personal. Um, 
you guys are going to be pretty off the grid. Um, and if anybody finds out who you are, strictly, you're going to be in danger. So we're going to need to use code names and have information drops. And I'll explain more about that once we get there. But Roja gave me some sedatives. And they're going to work really well because she's a genius. <laughs> hmm. So we'll, uh, we'll get the, the full experience. Yeah. Athena's pacing now. She's pacing around the very small row house living room. Mm. It's a familiar path, though. Her dad paces, too. So maybe even just, like, the hallway is a little worn down in, like, the strides. They probably have similar strides. They're almost the same height. Yeah, probably. I always figured that Athena was more physically similar to Clint. Facially, she probably looks... She probably looks more like Cressida, actually, which probably Val wasn't super happy about. But she has Val's hair. The frizziness and the volume. Yep. <laughs> and the gray now. We see Clint push himself up from the couch and walk back towards the kitchen. And there's one of those windows just like your apartment has. Mm -hmm. where you, So you can see into the living room. And he starts to rummage around in the kitchen. In a quick series of shots through Athena's mind's eye, we see her double-checking her parents' luggage and teleporting them invisibly out of the house. They make their way quietly and carefully to the nearby canal, little barisks crawling up the mossy and sheer stone walls, ducking under bridges with curtains of lichen falling down close to the water in some places, sheared back in others. It really depends how well-traveled the areas are. But Athena's eyes are roving over for any potential dangers. Athena knows where this door is. Tuka let her know about it from when she was working at the checkpoint for the train. Just a little service entry door on the canal level. All you need is a badge to get in. And she does have a badge right now. Not her own. But whoever Silas decided to assign to this mission. Maybe they don't even exist. A phantom regulator. Athena holds her dad's hand. And her dad holds her mom's hand in a chain. They advance slowly, taking care that their steps don't echo down this service corridor. And they duck into an empty loading zone. Empty except for one Eugene Lepaco, who's waiting by an open crate. Not airtight, obviously. They made sure they got one with enough holes poked in it for good airflow. And she sets her parents up in it. A little cramped. A little dark. But before she closes the lid, she gives them each a vial, acid green from Roja. And she hugs them so tight after they drink. And she can tell when it starts to take them. Because her dad asks if they'll be back in time for the restaurant to open tomorrow. And Athena says, yeah, of course. And she gives them each a kiss on their forehead. And they curl together in the padded crate backpacks at their feet. Athena and Jean carefully close the lid and make sure it's locked tight. We see them taking it through the regulator exit to the train. Just in line, just another shipping manifest. Just another tick mark on a checklist for the regulator on the way out. And we see Athena on the train. She has not left her parents in the crate. Not wanting to jostle it. She stands, sentinel, by it the entire trip. 
Jean watching the entryway, scuttling back to her on clacking spider legs to ask how she's doing. If she needs anything, she says, No, I'm fine. The train comes to a smooth halt, and she does go up to the security door to the cargo area to be present on the outside as Jean gets it prepped to come out, just in case there's danger already. There shouldn't be. But she doesn't want to take any chances. She looks back to the car behind her, and the frame shifts to Athena in the exact same position, but looking back through a partition in the SUV trundling along the uneven roads, the potholes making her hair bounce, her body jostle just a little bit, her arms shining in the sun. You pull aside the curtain and look into the rear where your parents are currently sedated and under wraps, figuratively speaking. You know, Jean, I think the worst part about that conversation was I could almost literally hear their hearts audibly break when they found out it was a choice and not uh, a kidnapping. Well, life's funny like that. Full of choices, but you're you're your parents' daughter. That's how they are always going to see you first and foremost. So anything that goes against their concept of who you are is going to be something they push back on instinctively because they can't think that way or they don't want to and that means that everything they've been told is not true and they have to think of you going through all those hard times by yourself and you know I can't imagine that's easy as a parent either so this is quite a shock for them I'm sure yeah not everybody's built for life up here Athena. It's it's hard, as you know. It's treacherous. I think they're going to do fine, but... Uh, well, they're not leaving the building. Yeah, but that might be difficult for them, too. It's a bigger building. It is. Looks, I think you're doing the best you can. I'm not trying to say you're doing a, a bad thing. It's just it's going to take some adjusting for them, so just be ready to be patient. I'm nothing if not patient. Well, I'm nothing if not patient. Of course. She doubles down to convince herself. Of course. So this, uh, this Flappy? Yeah. <laughs> what can you tell me about him? He's sort of in the Pantheon structure. He is like the main franchise owner. We sort of piggyback on his locations because we scouted a lot of them for him, helped him branch out, saved him a pretty penny on that, so... We're good buddies, and he makes a dynamite omelet. Hmm. Now she's on the surface, on the way they could stop at a supply drop. Maybe that's what her connections is this session. She gets some helmets and a wiretap, like, bug detector for the room that they're staying in. Oh, I see. So you want to be measures. able to, you want to be able to see if someone is trying to eat. Yes. Okay, yeah, I think that's fine. Ooh. Some sort of sweeper. You guys can make a small pit stop to one of your many supply drops. Maybe it was already there. Maybe you had somebody from Pantheon stash it there preemptively so that you guys could just stop and acquire it. But you're able to get a number of mask helmets that will conceal their identities and yours. And maybe like one tablet. Sure. Yeah. It's a relatively basic electronic device. Just something that has a, like, if they need to get in contact with her, they can use that kind of thing. You could do that from the Thalassica cave because she does mm -hmm. have a hard line to the surface, but that's really the only place that you could reasonably do it. Yeah, you know, in a and that's what way. she's figuring. Cool. Yeah, that's totally fine. And then 
some sort of bug sweeper to be able to try to detect surveillance devices. Some basic surveillance equipment or de-surveillance equipment. Anti-surveillance. That's it. (laughs) Counter-surveillance. Counter-surveillance, yes. We see Jean deftly find the exit for the highway following Athena's finger pointing and she's squinting into the sun behind her aviators, giving him an affirmation that this is the correct way to go. And they pull into just this rickety little ghost town. She spies a garage where she stashed some goodies. She gets out of the car looking surreptitiously around, making sure they are indeed alone before she heads on in. Painstakingly lifts the old rusted shell of a car out of a pit in the ground, revealing a locked cache in the middle of a hastily dug pit. She takes quick steps into the pit, grabbing the fingerprint lock. She tugs off her glove with her teeth as she puts her only remaining thumbprint onto the lock and prays it was the one that she set it up for and is quite relieved to see it was this thumbprint after all. Inside are a few of her very favorite kind of masks, face plates with the glowing cyber eyes, hard light constructs. They're really just jawline attachments. It just folds out over the face with a tap of a button. It's so handy. They do have the capability to fold around and be a full motorcycle helmet, but you know, sometimes your hair just wants to breathe. And there's just some basic supplies in there, changes of clothes, freeze-dried food, instant coffee packets, a few cans of distilled water, a little pocket knife multi-tool, an extra tablet in case her PDA got absolutely fucked, and a bug sweeper, just in case, because you really can't be too careful up here. After living in Caldonics her whole life and coming up here, she quickly found out how easily traceable you are through your devices. She returns to the car, new mask in place, kicking up puffs of dirt. She gets back in the SUV, nods to Jean, and they peel back out of town. Back onto the open road. As you guys are driving, the hum of the engine is a constant in the background. The mega highways themselves are generally still together, but not in states of consistent repair. There are probably a lot of cracks, there's scattered debris. The edge of the road is often lined with debris that has been pulled off over time. Probably the husks of many vehicles upended, overturned, stripped of their paint, leaking fluids, just battered and broken from years and years of sitting idly. There are occasional spots where the road itself appears impassable, but an artificial bridge has been built or gapped or a temporary fix has been slapped over until the next time that it no longer works and somebody has to come up with a better solution. So there's a lot of slowing down to swerve and avoid obstacles and weave in and out to ensure safe passage. Are we in the plains or the forests right now? Uh, that was a question I was going to ask you. We haven't really talked a lot about the topography of the the region. You know, we made sure to build it in such a way that many different biomes could exist within an area. So the major areas would be open plains, more of the desert plains, some mountains, but that's closer to just the range where Caldonix is. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, some forests, which would have been where Strickland is. So if Strickland was outside of Olera and closer to Toshi, then this is probably closer to foresty areas. But, you know, the mega highway itself is is clear, relatively speaking. Yeah. But lots of hills, I would think. As they zoom by some scrap heaps, 
like her hand almost twitches to be like pull over we should look at what they got there still because mm-hmm. they had to probably scavenge a little bit from time to time mm-hmm. but she's like I don't have to do that anymore could you make me a notice roll I would love to do what that was uh, five I'm sorry that would have been uh, actually at a minus two mm. so it would be a three whether or not you'd like to Benny that is up to you a Benny once okay Ooh, worse. But I didn't crit fail. <laughs> I almost did. But what if? It's up to you. I'm not here to tell you how to use your bennies. Maybe a Benny once more. Okay. Different dice this time. That always pans out. Oh, it did! Rolled a seven, got a five. You guys are coming around a corner, and there's just another big blockage on the highway itself, like an overturned truck cab like the Mm -hmm. front of an 18 wheeler blocking maybe three quarters of the road and having to go around it he's navigating around and you get a flash of your danger sense it usually feels like somebody cracked an egg on her head cold trickles going down her spine and she doesn't know strictly what's up but she slaps his arm as he's like driving you know probably not safe but she's like we need to fucking move what do you want me to do go gun it okay he guns it and I'll spend a Benny on that. Oh, that's a lot of dice wrong. over there. It's a 25. For what? As you tell Gene to gun it, he complies and uh, begins to floor it and go into a wide drift turn around the 18-wheeler. Oh, cool. And you hear a sudden click as your danger sense goes off, and then there's a cacophonous boom that erupts underneath the vehicle itself. Shit! The sonic boom makes your ears ring. You can feel the heat and the fireball rise and just burst up from around your vehicle and the grinding squeal of pained metal. So I rolled 25 damage on this. Your large SUV has 14 toughness with two armor. Uh Uh, Unfortunately, this mine had five armor piercing. Oh my God. So on the 12 toughness, uh, 16 is one wound, 20 is two, 24 is three wounds. So your vehicle is taking three wounds from this mine. That's so many. I think Uh, we can't soak it. Uh, he does not. Car. He does not have ace. So that's unsurprising. <laughs> and he needs to make a maneuvering roll or go out of control. Gene is a wild card, and he's your buddy here. Can I support him? Yeah, I think so. So he's he's using driving right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has a D6 because he lived on the surface. You know, he knows how to drive a vehicle in tough situations. Sounds right. Uh, if you would like to roll for Gene, yeah, well, I can you do can, that. It, first, you can tell me how you're supporting his driving roll, if you would like. I was gonna support with my metal shaping to keep the car from flipping over. I'm just trying to have it right itself, so he has a steadier way to drive it. Yeah, that's cool. If you would like to roll your essence for that, I think yeah, that's I probably that. the best thing to do here. Yeah. 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 That is 19. <laughs> so that gives, that gives him a plus four. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Go ahead and roll his 2d6 plus four for his maneuvering roll. I'll roll my black and yellow dice because he's a regulator. Oh, well, this one blew up. Okay. And it blew up again. Mm-hmm. 18. Okay, so perfect. So you have no negatives from going out of control, which means he keeps the vehicle on track. Each raise causes a wound and one roll on the vehicle critical hits table. So I'm going to need you to make me a couple of 2d6 rolls here. Mm-hmm. How many? Or I'll just three, roll the first one. Three, because three wounds to so the first one. 
Do they, 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 they add together? They right? add together. They do not explode. That was a five before my finger rolled it, so that will be total eleven. A random weapon is destroyed. If there is no weapon, this is a chassis hit. It uh, hits be. the body of the vehicle with no special effects. You didn't specify that you wanted like a weaponized SUV, so no special effect. Chassis That's hit. That's good. Yep. Okay. Makes sense. Ten. Ten crew for direct damage. For direct damage, subtract the vehicle's armor, if appropriate, for the victim's position, and apply the remainder to a random crew member. Area of effect weapons affect everyone in a section determined by the GM. If this is the result of a collision, the occupants are shaken. I'm going to give you a choice here because this is a bad one. Mm -hmm. I'm reading this as the damage that was just dealt by this weapon is also going to be inflicted on a crew member. Because this hit the front of the vehicle, I think it means your parents are probably safe. Mm -hmm. I will say you can choose for one of you to soak this, or if you want, I'll split the damage between both of you because it's an area of effect. Maybe that's not kosher, but... I want Athena to take it, and I would also like to play my adventure card. Oh, shit. Yeah, do it. Do it. Do Uh, it. Do it. Perfect timing. Pay a Benny to search through the remaining adventure deck and take any one card of your choice. You may play an additional card this session. The text. By then, it was too late. Nice. So okay. I'm going to do that real quick. Definitely. Thank God. Definitely. Thank God I have one Benny left after this. Let me just fiddle through here. I play Love Interest on the mine. <laughs> <laughs> it heart, would never hurt me. My heart explodes for you. Be mine. Be, be mine, Valent. Mine. I would like to immediately play my next adventure card, Lucky Break. Play this card to completely negate the damage from one successful attack to one character. That's perfect. Thank God I had that silver flask in my shirt pocket. Awesome. Dope. When she's angling with her support roll to keep the vehicle from rolling, she has it more on two wheels on one side for like a second, so she's more up in the air at an angle. And she feels the metal heating up underneath her feet, and she wrenches some additional metal from the hubcaps or some bullshit to reinforce it. Okay. She feels it detonate under her, and she's just like, oh my god. Awesome. Okay, um, not to be a buzzkill, but I need you to make one more roll on the vehicle critical hits table. My resources are low. I know, sorry. That's, that's the if same. If it makes you feel better, I spent my GM Benny on that, so. Did you? Yes. Okay. Well, that is once again an 11, so I guess that would be another chassis hit. Yeah, it's another chassis hit. All right. This explosive detonation goes off. The vehicle tilts up off the ground onto two wheels as Lepaco wrenches on the steering column, does his best to swivel you around the truck cab. Athena, you are able to divert the detonation. The truck as it pivots on an axis, slams back down onto all four wheels with a grind of metal. You definitely feel something shake loose on the vehicle, but it holds together. Can you make me one more notice roll? Is that a minus two again? It's actually at a plus four. Plus four, you say? That's Mm -hmm. a seven. As your adrenaline kicks in and you guys are swerving around the truck cab, it becomes opaque to your vision. What what does? The truck cab. Oh, it was an illusion? Oh, fuck. But Lepaco keeps keeps on going down the highway. Hey, Gene, I would love it if we just went fast. I'm going as fast as this thing will take us now. I'm getting out on the roof. Don't mind me. And she uh, lowers the window, rolls it down, and activates her mag boots, and crawls on up onto the roof. 
Gotcha. And hopes her parents aren't awake now, because they probably are. That's probably something we should make a roll for here. Oh. Um, you said that you got the sedatives from Roja, so am I thinking it's probably just the slumber power? Yeah, Okay. that's what she was thinking. Very loud noises or attempts to physically wake them grant another spirit roll. I'm that willing... would probably have like a D8 spirit, I'm thinking, from being a siphon. Probably. Clint probably has a D6. Don't treat them as wild cards okay. here. Just roll them normal. These real shitty. Oh, and I did. <laughs> Thank God. Okay. They're both twos. And I was going to say that it was probably strong. She probably gave a very powerful sedative. So I can imagine Roja's face when she like heard what Athena needed to do. And she's like, oh, no. Yeah, she would have asked for a goop vial instead of a needle. Because sure. she does not like needles herself. So she would not be sticking needles into her parents. Understandable. So Jean continues to floor it there is the rev of another engine from somewhere behind you as a second vehicle a smaller jeep with an open roll cage flies from the side of the road onto the highway proper being airborne for a moment before it bounces onto the ground its wheels tearing at the pavement and leaving skid marks in a cloud of smoke as it starts to close the distance with you Athena is crouched on the top of their vehicle as it's going forward and her hair is whipping in the wind so much that it's becoming quite difficult to see around it. So she very quickly turns her arm into a sword and just cuts it the fuck off her ponytail. Her ponytail. Gotcha. It is just too much right now. And maybe it'll hit the driver in the other Jeep. Put your honor. Uh, well. If you guys are fleeing, then it sounds like a chase to it me. It does sound like does a chase. Seem acceptable? Mm-hmm. Okay. I am going to say that for the start of this, because you guys, you had him floored and just go through, I think that's going to give you guys a bit of a lead here. Okay. So you guys are going to start on card number four. They are going to start on card number one. Mm -hmm. As you remember, you can escape from a chase if you're able to put a certain amount of distance and then make the escape maneuver. Five cards, right? Uh, I think the minimum is four. Oh, okay. The penalty to make that escape roll reduces the further and further you get. Mm, gotcha. Uh, the one thing I will remind you of is that vehicle wounds count against your rolling totals, and your vehicle does now have three wounds. Yeah. I'm pretty sure if your vehicle takes a fourth wound, it is going to be in a like non-workable status, basically. Yeah. So as the Jeep squeals onto the road... You can see one form driving, one standing up in the back seat, and one just sort of hanging out the passenger window as they start to tear closer to you. There is a crackle, and then a voice comes over, a loudspeaker that booms through the hollow road and off of the trees that line the highway. Pull your vehicle over to the side of the road and give us your cargo, and we will allow you to leave. Otherwise, we will take it by force and you die. Could you make me a notice roll? Yes. Free notice roll. Any modifiers? Uh, not this first one. Four. As you take a glance back, the one that is standing up in the rear is the one who's holding the little radio mic transmitter to their mouth. You can't make out a lot of personal details at this point. The one thing that you do notice right away is that the one hanging out the side window has a pair of blazing red eyes. Fuck. And it looks like they're certainly still humanoid. The front limbs that you can see look like they're artificially elongated with this red cori plasma mm -hmm. hanging out almost monkey-like. Their eyes burn red, trailing the black residue. 
and a whip-like energy tongue flares out from their mouth as they snarl. Are they a Karnak or...? Human derivative. And that'll be the start of the chase. Okay. Everybody acts on the same action card if they're in the same vehicle. Right. So I'm going to draw you guys first, okay? Okay. Athena, four of clubs. Hmm. A club is a complication. It's a complication. Gene will have his two buddy bennies. And because you guys are on the same card, if you would like to utilize his bennies for any purposes, you may. Their card, the ten of spades. I'm probably not going to get better than that, but I do want to spend one benny to redraw to see if it's not a club. Okay. Ace of spades. Hot damn! The ace of spades! spades. All right, Hope so that's not a sign. You, was that your Benny or was that one of Jean's? Jean's. Okay, so Jean I only has, have one Benny left. You guys get to go first. You can act in whatever order you would like to between you and Jean. Jean is driving. She wants Jean to focus on maneuvering, so that's all she wants him to do is just go, go, go. Okay. So he'll get that sweet bonus that'll negate a little bit of the vehicle's penalties. Okay, do you want him to do that first? For purposes of this chase, I'm going to say each spacing between cards is 10 feet for range stuff. Okay. Then I want Athena to act first. And what she's going to do is just start running at the other car through the air using her new superpower. Oh, damn. That's cool. It's pretty cool. Okay. <laughs> if you are moving backwards... That's even faster. Yeah. Like, your normal movement would be 30 feet per round. Mm -hmm. And since these are two vehicles going fast the opposite direction, to me, that says you could just get onto the same card as them on the first turn. Like that, that seems completely reasonable to cool. me. Do you want to act before Gene then? Or are you saying- I want to act before Gene. Okay. So I would like to multi-action in addition to, you know, my movement. I would like to cast protection on myself, my other new power. Because oh I'm going to need it. Plus two modifier for toughness as well. Definitely. Your new superpower from the end of last season was fly. The base form of it is normally two superpower points, but you took the limitation that you need to use metal. Like, you can't just fly. You're mm -hmm. flying by stepping on metal that you're controlling with your shape metal, right? Maybe she even sweeps it off some of the wreckage on the side of the road. That's cool. I like that. Ooh, maybe it's like as the cars are driving, you guys pass one of those and you can just like make a little bridge between yes. that that lasts for as long as it takes you to get across. That's pretty cool. So before she does all of this, she clicks her helmet on so it, you know, hides her face. So if this guy's got red eyes, she doesn't trust that. She doesn't trust that. Mm -hmm. Despite cutting off her ponytail into the other car. <laughs> I'm sure that's, they won't notice that. He uh, grabs but, it and just... That's <sighs> dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> and then my other part of my multi-action, I was going to cast Blast in the car. Yeah, you could do that. Roll for your protection first. So this is, if you're multi-actioning, it's at a minus two. Yes. So I hope that one works, you know, <laughs> that'd be cool. When it did, unless the car's negatives apply to me as well. They do not, no. Cool, that's a six. That is a success. My toughness was six. And now I would like to it cast, cast blast. my blast. Would I be able to cast that like mid-movement? Because I was halfway across the bridge. Yeah, definitely. Cool. Absolutely. So, it's a ranged okay. attack. You don't have to be like in the same thing as them if you don't want to be. Yeah, that's true. Her plan right now is to add as much tactical cover and focus on her for the Jeep that Jean is in. Mm -hmm. So they focus on her and not harming the car in any further manner. So I would like to cast Blast plus two for damage. So is your plan to end the turn in their vehicle after using Blast? Yep, you... right on their hood. Okay, cool. She's going to tear out the engine next Ooh. turn. Maybe if it works. It's pretty cool. 
We'll see. It's it's a dicey proposition because we don't know if I'm gonna crit fail yet. That's possible. Oh please! I didn't. You didn't. Crit <laughs> I didn't crit fail, but this was a one. <laughs> uh, it was a five. So success. So that'll deal three d six damage. Beautiful. You know it could have been better, but I can't use my last Benny. Unless you blow it up and kill them all in one attack. That would be neat. But I'm feeling okay. What did you roll? Nine. That's going to instantly kill the driver. Oh, that's bad for them, huh? <laughs> who uh, also happened to be the illusionist, the one creating the illusions. I was going to do this cool thing where he was going to use illusion while driving to make obstacles appear in front of your vehicle. <laughs> wow, like, slow us be, down. Or to make you have to deal with that. That's cool. So that didn't happen, but it's still cool. I mean, he still got one really good one yeah, off. Yeah, it worked, yeah. <laughs> good for him. <laughs> Fuck. That so I want to openly address that, that it was an illusion, and the mm -hmm. illusion power is basically like, if they try to see through it, they can make a notice to see. I didn't give you a reflexive role because... Why would we think it wouldn't it, be real? It didn't call into question, especially after the... You be, you chose to try to drive around it rather than pause to see if anything was up. Yeah. I rolled with that being like, well, your goal was to just go on through, which means you're not looking to see if anything's amiss with that. So I hope that didn't feel cheap to you or anything. Nah. The other two are currently shaken, so if you'd like to tell me what that looks like. Athena clicks her mask on to be a full helmet, the cyber eyes that she really enjoys for intimidation purposes, mm -hmm. so it's just a low-lit LED screen with her squinty eyes behind it. From her crouched position, as they're whizzing past these wrecks on the side of the road, she just does a circular motion with her arms, and we see the metal get whisked into an arc that connects almost the whole way between the two vehicles. Some of the metal she sweeps off of the cars attaches to her chest like an extra vest, like it molds to an approximate Athena shape. She didn't have time to make it look pretty. Right. So it probably looks more like junker armor. Nice. But that's what her protection is. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. her protection trapping. Very cool. And then she just starts running like a bowl that's charging. As she's running, she unfolds her metal arm to reveal the channeler halfway up it in her bicep. She lets loose this shining oval of condensed light that hits the windshield and just wrecks everything. It's a column up into the sky. She lets it fizzle out and she, with a decisive stomp, lands on the hood of the Jeep, leans in through the probably now broken windshield and says, Hey, idiots! Hey, howdy, hey, folks. Just me doing the outro this week because I had a second to record it and I figured, hey, why not? Music this week was Crockett and Wave Shaper. You can find Crockett at Crockett80s on Twitter and Crockett.bandcamp.com. Wave Shaper can be found at WaveShaper underscore SWE on Twitter and at WaveShaper1, the number one, dot bandcamp.com. Savage Worlds is owned by the Pinnacle Entertainment Group and you can find them and their products online at peginc.com. You can find us on Twitter at RPG for you and me. You can find me personally on Twitter at you see the hat. I've been drop dropping a little bit of fan art lately. Is it fan art? If I make it, I don't know. I'm not really sure about that. I've been dropping some art lately. <laughs> and I would like to say there has been just some beautiful fan art on our Discord. 
If you would like to join our Discord and see some of the beautiful fan art that people have been making for us, and just in general be around a bunch of cool cats, you can join our Discord through our Patreon at the lowest tier, $2 a month. $5 a month does get you access to our our private Patreon audio feed, which includes about 10 episodes of Absolute Zero that haven't made it to the main feed yet, and also we now have up to 10 episodes of Silica Valley which has been a delight. And you know, some of those cool cats I mentioned earlier, they would be Michael, Chase, and Valentine. Big thank you to you guys. But also Caleb Sunstead, Jackie, Dab, and Zach. We appreciate your support and we love making the show for you guys. So I know this episode was kind of a sadder one. So uh, I figured what would break up that vibe to make sure you're a little happier afterwards then probably the most non-canonical <laughs> bonus scene we've done to date. It was weird. Enjoy. See you next week. The camera opens with the crack of a door as it's pulled outward. The camera facing out of this closet as multicolored light filters in and we see Athena and Bolt standing, looking in. Bolt extends a large meaty hand and rustles some coat hangers as he pushes fabrics around. Hmm, I see what we have to work with. It's not much. I wouldn't say that. <laughs> hmm. You know, I, I, I suppose I, I only really saw you in your work attire, which is somewhat constricting. I mean, even I, the statuesque Adonis that I am, can only do so much with a uniform. Mm. With padding. It throws off my physique. But you do it so damn well, Bolt. Mm. Thank you. Mm-hmm. He pivots, sticks his butt out a little bit. Nice. You know, turns over one shoulder and says, I have been characterized as juicy in the past. God, by who? I'll beat him up. <laughs> I wouldn't want to pit you against so many when you already have so many powerful foes. Mm, you're right. But, I should I should narrow my scope. But don't worry. I'll be there to fight them with you. <gasps> I mean, I won't contest that I am juicy. You shouldn't lie about yourself. I'm not the only juicy one. He reaches out a hand to take yours and twirl you in the mirror. You've got, you've got uh, uh, long dances, mix. Oh, thank you. I grew them myself. His eyes widen from... Oh, I see what you did. That's very, very clever. Very clever, Sedaris. Thank you. This you, is weird. <laughs> yeah, this is very strange. You know, I never imagined that we would be in a romantical-type position, such as we are. I hope I'm not being f- too too forward by saying that. I, I find I, I'm, I'm stuttering over myself with how worthy you make me. She pats his cheek, his freckled, chiseled cheek. His eyes flutter as he leans into it and stumbles, losing his balance. Do they flutter at intervals that could be considered wink-like? Or can he not do this in this AU? Oh, well, he's not doing it on purpose. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> this is a natural All reaction. All thinking he does is when he's not thinking about it. May I have this dance, Sedaris? I'm sorry. Athena. Didn't call me Deirdre this time. That's real nice. Yes, you may have this dance. Would Twirl you, me. Would you, like me to, <laughs> would you like me to call you Deirdre? I would not like that. He twirls you. Well, then I shan't do it. Do you like this fancy talk? This, I, the way I'm speaking, to that do it for you? I mean, I thought that's just how you always talked. I try to blend in when I'm down here. Hmm. See, swirls you around. This is kind of weird without music, but I'm still enjoying Is he wearing his tiny glasses? Yes, he nice. is. Nice. Really got, Clark Kenting it. He's got a purple ascot. <laughs> nice. I wore this for you. I hope you like it. 
why why would you wear that? Do you not like it? No, I do. But you didn't even know my favorite color. This oh, is this is probably your favorite color? I just thought it looked nice. Yes, it was very, she lies. Very regal. <laughs> it's very regal. Purples and gold. No, it's they just go together. It looks nice together. That's just math. You know what else looks nice together? What? He pivots to look at you guys in the mirror as you're standing there, hands clasped. It is a full-length one on the back of her door, but it's too skinny, so it doesn't get all a bolt. <laughs> oh, we're gonna have such good photo ups. I hope you're ready for that. I am. A life of celebrity. You're doing quite well on your own, but Thanks. together we'll be the most powerful power couple there is. And we can be in movies together. That didn't even occur to me. I'll have to get Ermanovi on the phone right away. Don't worry, I've already got her on speed dial. So do I. What? I what? don't even have a phone. <laughs> <laughs> so what you couldn't see is I just sat there with my mouth open trying to think of a response. So I think that's what Bolt does too. How do you... How... How... How, how do you... How do you... It's just a phrase. What is? Speed dial, right? From like the surface is the thing they say. Right? I thought it was just a very fast clock if the, you know, the sun was going oh. fast. Well, we don't have a sun down here, so those don't really work. Hmm. I can see the problem with this logic. They didn't really make it down before the zero. He looks confused, but does not touch on this. <laughs> Is Pavi downstairs listening to this disgusting display of fake affection in this we, AU? We, we cut away. Uh, we hear the faint rumble of voices from upstairs, and we just see Pavi sitting on the couch in the very middle of the couch between two cushions by herself, pulled up into a ball, head resting on her knees, just pounding her head <laughs> against her knees over and over again. And then faintly from upstairs, we hear... <laughs> And Poppy's head lolls back and she just goes, 